2: to create a listener account, and in that listener account, you can save episodes for later listening, so you can create a kind of listening list. We think these features are neat, and we think you'll enjoy them. Please visit the site today. Welcome to the New Books Network.
0: We have this wherever Mary has appeared, wherever the saints have given of their, their lives, and those shards are flocked by hundreds and thousands of people throughout the year. And I was like, this revival for them was a really neat experience, but we have revivals, experiences, and people renewing their faith, and the feeling of God's presence throughout the world.
1: Father Norman Fisher is pastor of St. Peter Claver Catholic Church in Lexington, Kentucky. He went to see, with his own eyes, the Holy Spirit at work during the recent revival at Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky. He talks about this wonderful outpouring and other miracles and signs he's experienced in his 20 years as a priest on Almost Good Catholics. Welcome to Almost Good Catholics, a conversation about theology and apologetics, about religion and history and culture. I'm your host, Chris Zodiniets, and I get to ask interesting people who've thought about the big questions to share their conclusions, to explain what we know, how we know it, why we think we know it. I hope this format in relationship and dialogue and back and forth may help us approach the truth and have a really good time doing it. If you want to take the conversation a step further, I invite you to please email me at almostgoodcatholics at gmail.com. Today, I'm talking with Father Norman Fisher. He's pastor of St. Peter Claver Catholic Church and chaplain at the Lexington Catholic High School in Lexington, Kentucky. He was recently at uh, Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky at the revival that started about three weeks ago and ended just a few days ago. I've heard and read about this in the news, and I wanted to ask a Catholic who was there, uh, find out what he saw, what he heard, what he felt. So welcome, Father Norman. A good uh, morning or good afternoon to all the different
0: time zones out there Chris it's good to be with you.
1: Do you have a joke you'd like to share for our
0: audience? All right, you know, I'm I don't really start out with jokes, but I had to do my <laughs> research and due diligence just for the show. So there was this um parent, these parents uh whose son was not doing so well at, in his math class and of course they were concerned for his future and he was at a public school so they weren't religious, so they went ahead and said, "Let's just give the Catholic Church and the Catholic uh, give the Catholic school a try." So they they signed him up. He registered. He got into school and he started taking the math classes at the Catholic school. And for some reason, he just started being really successful. Grades were going off the charts like never before. Uh, the parents decided to say, well, "Well, we'll give it a couple more weeks and see what, if it's still going if going well." So his grades kept on improving. It's remarkable. Teachers gave him great grades, and then they finally said, "You know, let's ask our son what Why is he so Why is he so successful now? Why what, Why did he improve Improve so much? Uh, and then his the son said, "Well, when I went to the math class, I saw that there's this guy nailed to the plus sign, and I knew they took their math seriously.
1: <laughs> oh no, that's great! That's great! I I like to tell my." Uh, uh, geography, kids. I, I don't know much about Switzerland, but I can tell you their flag is a big plus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm down with that.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Well, um, so tell us, tell us what's happening in or what was happening in Asbury. I think they shut it down a little bit just a couple of days ago. What you saw there, what you felt there, uh, right? The and again,
0: I've I've been to Asbury for uh, they have a, a wonderful campus grounds, and um, our diocese has actually had our Christian Leadership Institute. On their grounds during summer, so um, there's a very positive um, ecumenical relationship there, um, and also some of my Lexington Catholic graduates have attended um, Asbury for different fields. So Asbury is just a little small; it's a small college, um, but it's just got some positiveness, positivity to it, and it's got a, a good Christian Christian background. But there's not much happening. I can just say that it's not like they're making the news every day or anything like that. And it was about 40 years ago that Asbury did have a revival point blank there on it's uh, in that same chapel, Hughes chapel um, and where people were just uh, filled with the Holy spirit, filled with love for the Lord, filled with confession, filled with repentance, filled with praise. Um, Obviously didn't have the praise songs that we have today, but, um, it was a genuine fire of God that's poured down upon uh, the the classes there, the grade levels there at that time. And it's interesting because um, some folks from the the year that they had that revival were praying that that same outpouring or that same spirit of revival would come down again. And so it was interesting to hear mm-hmm. that those who were in attendance back in the 40 years ago they weren't surprised when it started to happen or when it happened three weeks ago at, on in the same chapel after a, an interesting, there was a, I think it was black history month. They had a, a, a simple presentation, had a guest gospel choir. There wasn't, there was just a, a real simple f- attendance. Uh, of course they have chapel. You have to go to chapel twice a week or something. Um, and so at this particular, after this particular chapel service with this gospel choir, there was this real genuine sense of just sort of, hanging around and praying with one another. And all of a sudden, as they started praising God, they felt let's pray for each other. And, and all of a sudden there was more praise and the kids just sort of felt they, they couldn't leave. They needed to stay and keep praising God and honoring God. And before he knew it, there are people that were coming back to the chapel and more people were coming back to the chapel. And before he knew it, it was like hundreds of people. Hmm. And then they did not stop. They went throughout 24 hours then they went to the next day. They just could not leave, and then there was starting to have sort of interesting uh, dynamics that were taking place. Maybe like they, somebody said they felt like a wind that came through there. They some people felt like they felt free to love God for the first time in a long time. There was more and more word that was getting out because, uh, coincidentally or providentially, one of my parishioners, Christel Brody, is also a member of the faculty there. And so and it was interesting because she she was at Georgetown College already as a teacher and then uh, felt called to move move out. And um, she was hired by Asbury, but she really didn't know how that would fit. And I said, don't worry, God's going to do something with you. Don't worry. And sure enough, she's been there for about a half a year or so. And then this happens. And then she just totally gets confirmation of why she's there, you know, because. She was able to be with the students in a new way and and encourage them and and really find you know that as a Catholic it was awesome to still share our, her faith or Christian faith, but also be there for the kids, which it's all about the kids, um, the students. And so now she's got she she started saying, "Hey, Father, you should come to the revival." Da da And I was like, "Okay." So after a Sunday mass, I did. I've just finished my Spanish mass. It was like my second mass or third mass of the day or whatnot, and. I said, you know what, I'm going to just go on over. And so I did. And after that, I was like, that was, I was, I was greeted by one of my students at Lexington Catholic. He was like, Father Norman, come on in. So it was like, wow. It was just such a confirmation that I I also needed a little more charge in my journey of following Christ. And it was, it, it was so wild because the Lord was like, just wear your and stole. Don't worry about being a Catholic priest, and being ashamed or taking it off. Just wear it as you just came out of the Spanish Mass. So I wore my album stole and completely welcomed. Um, I got to hear a couple of confessions. I mean people were like, hey, can you hear my confession? Mm-hmm. So it was just like it was so welcoming. It was very, very positive. It was it was genuine. The praise that was going on, there's uh, just a praise and worship, contemporary Christian music that was very repetitive. So it's almost like a. for me it was like a modern day version of the taze kind of praise and letting that praise sort of settle over you. And then you find God in the midst of your praise. And it was just electric. It was like hands were raised throughout from the bottom. I was on the top level on this, you know, in the balcony. And it was full. And then the bottom, of course, was full And the stack. And, and it was just a few musicians. There was no main person. In fact, the, they changed song leaders. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't about one group or one person doing this. It was a, really a move of God's generous, gracious, overwhelming love that was present there, or two or more gathered. And anyone was welcome to take part. There were healings that I hear of and and one of the kids that I was able to be with was actually given a lot more deliverance from some of his addictions and there were a lot of prayers a lot of healing from church probably some church wounds that people were they didn't want to go to church but they could go to something like this and so they were finding that you know maybe I can release and forgive the church for its harm that I endured and while I was at church. Mm. And so there was just a lot of unique experiences that people were able to, uh, to experience. And it was, to me, it was in in energizing and refreshing. And I went actually the following day.
1: <laughs>
0: it was my off day. I was like, you know what, I was gonna go back over there for an hour. And, and sure enough, more Catholic friends were able to to be there. And we are praising God, like some folks who are in some charismatic groups and encounter ministries uh, that love prayer and prayer of deliverance for folks. And they were there and it was just a wonderful, uh, I guess a, a wonderful collaboration, or I'd say we're all in the spirit of unity um, that it didn't matter denomination at that point. And, and certainly throughout the whole beginnings, it just wasn't about that. It was about, loving God and letting the Holy Spirit who Jesus and Father sent to us to to be able to to be to be able to celebrate our identity again and, and refresh who we are in Christ.
1: Oh that is so beautiful. Uh, and it makes me very happy when Christians of all denominations just celebrate together because we are the same. Uh, religion, even though we practice differently and we have different ways to emphasize it. I was uh, over at my parents' house last night for dinner and they had been to Tézé in France in the Ooh, 70s. And nice. I thought, always thought it was a Catholic thing, but they were like, no, no, we used, it was the Lutherans and there were the Catholics and everybody was was doing it together. So, I just, I, so when you brought that up and made me think, I, I just learned about that. Um, last night. Have you had other experiences like that, either in a purely Catholic context or another um, interdenominational or other kind of Christian context where you have felt that? And did you, and what did you feel? Did you feel, you know, this, the spirit in, in, in your body?
0: Absolutely. I mean, the Catholic church, we are, we have been born out of the Holy spirit. So we can, we know what it's like. I thought about this, honestly, Chris, I was like, we have this wherever, Mary has appeared wherever the saints have given their their lives. And those shrines are flocked by hundreds and thousands of people throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this revival for them was a really neat experience. But we have revivals, experiences, and people renewing their faith and the feeling of God's presence throughout the world. Um, And then there's times where there's special gatherings such as World Youth Day. Mm -hmm. Absolutely Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit filled. Wherever you go, you feel that Spirit, Holy Spirit, bringing you to conversion. I remember going to World Youth Day in Denver with Pope John Paul II, and I felt the Lord calling me to the priesthood. And I saw it like that, there was like over Mile High Stadium, there was a cloud formation that looked like a hand. Wow. And I will never forget it looked like the hand of God. If I could say the hand of God, there was a hand of God. Mm-hmm. And I remember just experiencing all these amazing uh, priests that were hearing confessions that throughout the stadium, and I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. This is beautiful. I really would, you know, I feel God's love here, and of course, you do, you can't stay, right? I mean, that's like Peter and James and um, John standing over there in the in Mount Tabor, and Jesus getting transfigured, and Peter was like, hey, this is really nice. Let's build some tents for you, some booths, some tents for you and uh, Elijah and Moses, and I'll call it the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so I, I feel like you know, there's an explosion of love whenever Catholics have been willing to uh, sense the divine, honor God through the divine, uh, the the miracles that take place. Every, there's sparks everywhere and all around the world that the Catholics, uh, the Catholic Church is, is well known for. Um, and I'm I'm a pilgrimage, I'm a pilgrimage priest. I've been all around with with Marian apparitions and the Holy Land and Italy and just been all around and the Catholic church has got that spirit of revival, wherever it goes, wherever it honors the Lord. It's, it's very exciting every time you go to a, a pilgrimage shrine. So, and, and that sort of leads me to, I guess, the Eucharistic of revival mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. taking place. and And I think it's, you know, from what I gather, you know, there's many reasons that we're trying to, experience a revival just with the Eucharist. One, we've been away from the Eucharist for a few years with regard to COVID, and we weren't allowed to technically go to church. Um, and it was difficult. It was a hardship uh, to come to mass. And we got used to it, unfortunately. Um, there was, there's was there been scandal, as you know, division. Um, and, and yet the church has continued to thrive and, and continue to withstand all of these these horrible realities and painful realities and difficult realities, because it's not about, it's, it's beyond the human level. It's, it's, it's divine. It's a divinely inspired and, and uh, instituted by Jesus. So Jesus is going to bring healing renewal and unity again through his church. He said it himself, even the gates of hell will not prevail. Mm -hmm. Um, And how he does it though, is he draws us back to the table, Mm -hmm. And that table is an altar and that altar is a banquet of love. And I think sometimes we have to talk about why it's so beautiful that we have been given this invitation again and again and again. It's this, you know, it's our same Lord. It's our same, it's the same body, but uh, each time we come we're different and (laughs) his love is pouring out over us. Whenever uh, we hear his word and we find that Holy Spirit in the word inspired to convict us to draw closer to, to him and to live, to have lives conformed to him, not a living in the world. Like St. Paul said, like I, we live in the world, we don't live of the world. And and so we have the word, but then Jesus points to himself and he says, you know, I will, this is my body. This bread will become my body, which will be given up for you. This wine will be poured out like my blood shed for you. For the forgiveness of sins, and last time I checked, there's nothing in the world that can forgive you of your sins. There's nothing in the world that can promise eternal life. There's nothing in the world uh, that can offer you a uh, freedom from the evil one and and deliverance from Satan's attack. Uh, and so Jesus is our sacrament, but He also gives us Himself in the Eucharist as the primary sacrament um, that all sacraments flow from. And and we have to remember that. We have to recover that, rediscover that, renew ourselves in that. And a lot of times we get sort of lackadaisical, mm-hmm. laissez-faire. Yeah we get like, well, I'll go next time. And then I say to my church, I said, don't, I said,
1: y'all need to come to church. Don't go to St. Mattress. (laughs) Very good. And a couple of things. One is like, there's something about, as you said, where two or three are gathered in, in my name. And I, I, you know, I try to, I pray in the morning. I I listen to music. I maybe turn on a candle. I pray the rosary. Uh, And I, I I sort of hope that as I cultivate this silent, the silent time, I will feel more and more, but I'm not, I, and I think that's true. I don't know how far I'm getting along, but I also feel like if you go to an adoration chapel, and we have one here in town, and I can go, and there's always some ladies, and they pray the rosary, and it's always in Spanish, and I can pray along with them in Spanish. Um, and I feel like there's something about being gathered in a small group of people uh, and and having that um, that host, having the Eucharist mm-hmm. there Um what is your experience with that? What advice do you have? Like, I'm maybe you know do both by all means do both. But uh, what, what do you feel about the 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 real presence of Jesus in the bread and the wine? That uh, you know such a foundation of our religion, and yet a lot of people are like, oh well, it's purely symbolic.
0: No, it's the real deal. It's um, Jesus asks us if would you spend time with me? Would you you mm-hmm. know stay awake and come you know stay awake and be with me in the garden? You know pray with pray with me. And a lot of times that's the last thing people want to do is sit still, but that's another modality. Praising God doesn't mean always raising your hands and yelling out and sharing faith out loud. Sometimes it's another mode in which is a part of the body of Christ. We all have different, there's different modes in worship. And one of those is adoration. Um, And uh, in that, in that place where our monastic tradition has taught us to sit still and be with Jesus and, and have that tabernacle experience. We can have also the opportunity and the privilege to be before the Lord's real presence in, and I, you know, I've seen the Lanziano, the first uh, 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 Eucharistic miracle uh, from a mass, from a um, skeptical priest who ended up while he was in mass he just was like i don't even believe in all this and the host started to turn to flesh and the the blood of christ became or the wine of christ or the, the wine, <laughs> chalice of consecrated exactly. wine became the globules of blood in the or in the precious blood of christ and wow. i seen it with my own eyes and that took place in the 7th century and it's it's phenomenal that nasa has done studies on these eucharistic miracles and they're
1: all common so they have the actual host that is 1200 years old or 1400 years old and you saw it with your eyes
0: well i mean it's it's already preserved as if it aged with the fact that it turned to blood because it has the you know how blood has iron yes well it's all the host is all
1: looking like iron like rusty red gotcha so gotcha. so that coast remains a holy relic which you visited. Right, and yeah.
0: and even the blood has become globules of blood. Mm-hmm. Like like almost like balls of congealed blood.
1: Yeah. And so many of the healings that are happening um like the church wounds you said are I think are so important because what a what a scandal it is when you turn somebody away from the church through through the kinds of crimes that we have seen um I can't think of another example, except for like maybe child abuse or you know, like, or like when a, a policeman murders a suspect, mm-hmm. like that's so rare, but then it colors the entire police and justice system with the same, you know, it like what, what a betrayal. It's not like somebody stole money, right? right. That sort of thing. It's, it's a very special kind of crime. And you're, sus- you're suspicious. You have a yeah.
0: spirit of suspicion and you have a spirit of fear and it wasn't. It wasn't a fear that you intended. It was a fear brought on by priests that were um, unhealthy and um, not holy at that moment, obviously. And so it's a it's almost like a sickness that mm-hmm. you don't want ever to see your experience. And so you you protect yourself by not coming to church.
2: slash /nbn50 to get 50% off.
1: Yeah, and this is this can be the fact that this can be healed is uh, is is really I mean how lovely that Jesus can Right, and,
0: and it really is the love of Jesus that gives us the love to forgive. And yeah. I mean you can't forgive without love and you can't love without forgiving. And and yet we have to at some point Jesus will ultimately want us to be willing to love, let him love through us and forgive through uh, his love and forgiveness come through us. Um, and he can do it. You know, he can, he can do it. I can't do it. You can't do it, but he can do it if we let him.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I, think I like
0: yeah. the Eucharist in and of itself is, when we're talking about Eucharistic revival, it's not just adoration, that we want to focus on, it's the mass, it's coming back to the sacrifice, it's coming back to community, it's coming back to being one with one another, uh, and celebrating um, the body of Christ as one receiving Jesus's body, Jesus's blood. And so we can find every time we come back together, that it's a moment of healing. Uh, When we come back together, it's a moment of uh, peace. When we come back together, now it's a moment of experiencing God's love and providence in our lives and the strength and the courage to continue to be for him in the world. So um, Eucharistic Revival isn't just adoration, although it it can hinge upon it because Jesus is in the Eucharist. Jesus is in the blessed sacrament in the monstrance. I'm going to be having adoration tonight, actually. And it's uh, the Hispanics, they just absolutely, when I process with Jesus, it's just like, it's unbelievable yeah, what yeah. their bodies do and their minds do, and and that's just for that moment. But when I have adoration in English with praise and worship with contemporary Christian music, uh, that's appropriate. It you can feel the Holy Spirit in a variety of ways through Jesus's presence in the Eucharist too. Uh, but it's just I think like for the Eucharist revival, it's a it's a reinvitation, a reengagement, a reigniting of how much we love Jesus through. Uh, the gift of himself, which he said, "Take and eat. This is my body. Mm-hmm. Take and drink. This is my blood."
1: What I read about um, about Asbury was that a lot of the healings were sort of healings of the spirit—depression, um, anxiety, these kind of uh, exactly. Gen Z problems for kids who grew up with cell phones in their hands, for kids who were uh, miserable during the pandemic lockdowns. Um, was right. that was that what you saw? Did you also see like, oh, I was blind but now I see, or I was lame but now I walk, kind of thing, or? I think it was
0: I mean, I haven't heard of anything physical, physical, just more of the mental health, oppression, depression, addiction, suicidal thoughts and ideations, um, more of the mental health sphere Mm -hmm. and really coming out of that, like not wanting to be in that that dark pit any longer and being invited to experience the love of God for the first time in a long time or first time ever.
1: Yeah. And is that something you do with as a chaplain at, at the high school? I teach high school as well. And we have a lot of kids who, you know, they'll write us something or they'll put something in an essay and then you can go talk to them and say like, Hey, I saw you, I saw you, this is a problem you want to talk about it or you want to talk with one of the counselors or that sort of thing. How is it at your school?
0: I think it's very common right now. Um, especially we have retreats year throughout the year and those are some of the, the ways in which our youth are being plagued. Um, by technology, by um, comparison, by inadequacies or addictions, there are kids that get sort of stuck. and you just gotta know we I mean, for them, they got to know that there's a power greater than those places that they feel snared. And you just keep on saying, Jesus is with you, Jesus loves you. I have like a a morning, Friday morning devotion, and uh, it's never a, it never fails to have like thirty, forty plus kids come in the morning um oh wow and we have we have a message and we have a speak you know a messenger person who gives a message usually a teen or a uh excuse me an adult minister and there's a, a wonderful um opportunity for them to see and hear opportunities to not trust in yourself alone trust in God and to let them know that Jesus is real and Jesus will help them and so I love that that's Fridays mornings mm-hmm. and then on um weekdays we have offerings of mass. And then we have monthly whole school mass. And it's just, for me, it's, I always just try to challenge the kids. I just don't let them go before this sacred moment without a challenge. And, and I think they feel, they feel lighter at the end of mass. They feel better. Of course, they got to keep making that relationship for themselves, but keep on having positive experiences at the masses to have positive experiences um, with one another with faith that is important for us to do even more, and um, I think it's going to be interesting in the next month or two. I'm going to start meeting with the group, and we're going to try to see what can we do to inspire the Eucharistic revival and the Dice of Lexington, and it have its own revival experience. Not, not you know, what I'm saying like you don't want to copycat and say we got they did that, we got to do this.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: now, you just got to maybe that inspires you, but it's got to be the holy spirit doing it don't try to copycat because that just don't work
1: yeah because uh,
0: ego, ego's involved and and all that so what we want to do is just see how can we have a mass that's dynamic and exciting with our same lord that's always with us and just maybe that nuance of confession maybe that nuance of uh, praise um but it's just this it's an exciting time to to start being bold with our faith. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we get sort of, as Catholics, we get sort of complacent in our faith because we can know, well, yeah, of course I go to mass, of course, yes. But no, did you bring yourself to mass and did you receive Jesus in the mass? That's that's more of what we want uh, as a result of going, for me, going to Asbury. What am I doing with the Holy Spirit that's been given to me in my priesthood? And and in my faith walk, am I letting my light shine, or am I just turning it on like a lamp? Oh, I'm on. I'm better turn it on. Oh, I'm off. Turn it off. I want to yeah. be. I want it to be more. I want my priesthood. Ever since I went to to Asbury, I think, and I haven't been sent back. I didn't go back. I only went twice. I was on fire to mm-hmm. be Catholic. I was like. Totally revved up in my homilies, revved up in my praise. In fact, that particular Sunday or particular Saturday morning after I'd gone to um, Asbury, I was on for a um, charismatic mass, a mass of the the Holy Spirit. And it had the praise and worship. It had, you know, I got to preach in the spirit and just Holy Spirit was speaking. So for me, it was like, I'm already ready. Like Asbury got me hyped up.
1: So when when you're preaching in the spirit, do you know what you're do you know what you're saying, or you sort of like watching yourself do it as a third person? No, or- when, I mean,
0: when I say that, I meant to say like, there's moments where in the mass, in the charismatic mass, you you just give everybody silence to listen to the Holy Spirit, and then there's a moment where if someone feels for the greater good that they could speak, and and edify the body of Christ, then they get a chance to speak. Um, So in that terms, but otherwise, of course, hopefully I've listened to the Holy Spirit before mass. (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) And my whole message was like, you know, we've got to turn the flame on. Mm -hmm. We've got to, we got to let the flame be on. We can't just say flame off. We've got to say flame on, let the Holy Spirit gifts and fruits come through us as church. Yeah. Because those gifts and fruits are not for you, by the way, those are for others that God may lead you to.
1: Yeah, and you write on your um on your on your website that you enjoy painting and drawing and singing and rapping in addition to leading pilgrimages and spiritual healing. Those seem like the gifts of communication that especially young people can understand. Like uh, young, young people understand singing, they understand rap, they understand art. Uh, how does how does that how does that work for you? Are um you know uh do you, do you do you find that the kids talk to each other better or that you reach them and then one flame kindles another one how does that work for you in a high school you know cuz some of the kids they they're so their their attention spans are so fractured by the right. by the devices in their hands and the things going right. on you'd think our lives would become easier with this technology and in fact they've only become more scattered
0: right and so like i i'm i do listen to music that they're probably listening to in terms of like pop and whatnot, and so then I'll take that song and I'll translate it to a Christian version.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, but I'll use the music because that's where they are.
1: Yeah,
0: um, you just take out their their lyri- take out their lyrics and put in <laughs> Christian music. It's like, like Louis Capaldi. I was like, I'm going under, but this time I need Jesus to save me. This now or nothing really got a way of making me crazy. I need Jesus to heal. Jesus to hold, Jesus to love, and so on and so forth, you know? It's like changing it up, and then I do a little spoken word, which is sort of like a rap in in a modern sense. And so for me, it's like you go where they are, but you don't let them get stuck in their spot.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You edify them. And, like, the kids are watching you. Believe me, believe you me, they're watching our every move, Mm -hmm. and they want to know if you're consistent. So if you're consistent – and then ultimately they will trust you
1: yeah yeah that's right I, I i totally feel that way and you know i i i don't do anything that <laughs> that seems youthful you know but i am a sort of a a warm and avuncular figure who is consistently patient and um clement with the kids and they they just they just need good adults who are trustworthy and will take care of them and uh, are not going to you know, turn, turn, turn away from, them or turn, turn their backs on them, or one day have a bad day and say something really hurtful. So it's a, right. it's a lovely role. It's a privilege to have that.
0: To have yeah. That. And I've been here for 17 years. So that's just, I mean, that's God. I yeah. mean, how many adult priests can handle high school? For 17 <laughs> <years>? <laughs> but God is able to, I'll yeah. uh, make it so. And um, like I said, I I feel like I'm growing too. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like I have it all and I and I'm perfect at all. I just say Holy Spirit, use me today and guide me and uh, shape me so I can be the best vessel. Um, there's a story of a um, a king's uh, servant who fetched him water all the time, and he would go to uh, the streams and fill up the jugs and of water and bring them back to the King. Well, one day he re, the little boy realized that one of the jugs was cracked. And every time he, he would go down, but by the time he got back, he filled them up. But by the time he got back, only one was full. The other one had barely any water at all. And so he wanted to invite the King to give him a new jug. He was tired of this process and feeling that this jug was worthless. And then the king met him, and after the boy complained about this, he said, I want you to come up with me to uh, the top of the castle to look over the fields. And now you see those flowers over there? I plast- I plain- planted seeds there. So on the way back when you ever watered with that cracked jug, mm-hmm. that water would always – Uh, be sprinkled over those seeds and now look what they've become. And I've even put them in my kitchen, uh, on my dining room table. And, and so I, so they're beautiful for me to enjoy. And I think the whole moral of that is like, sometimes as youth, we may think that the brokenness is, is a burden and there's nothing the good that can come out of, of, of something that's broken. And it's like, no, you know, Jesus actually, loves you, even as you've been broken, his love can pour out of you even more. And you can find hope, you know, you can find healing. And I think like teens need to hear so much more about how you don't have to be perfect to be blessed. You don't have to be, you don't have to be whole completely to know that God can use you. God is using you.
1: Yeah, that, that's a big mystery, isn't it? That, you know, God could fix the world by, with a snap of his fingers, but he chooses to work through people and he chooses to use the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the God, the Holy Spirit chooses to work through us as, you know, the the imperfect um, instruments of this really interesting plan that we cannot see from our vantage point. Mm-hmm. But if you climb that castle and then look back over your life, you say like, oh, wow, that's what I was, that's what I was doing the whole time.
0: Yeah. And that's the funny thing is like, we see from our human eyes, but God sees beyond our humanness, um, but yet uses our eyes. Like he has, Jesus is, has the eyes of the father. Yeah. He sees, the father sees through his eyes.
1: Yeah. So when
0: Jesus, when the father looked upon the world, it was through the lens of his son who on the cross saw all of us and said, forgive them father, for they know not
1: what they do. Yeah. Where do you go for pilgrimage? You, when you take people, are you taking high school kids? Or are you taking your parishioners? Or are you taking- I take
0: mainly parishioners and anyone else in the diocese. And sometimes people hear about my pilgrimages and then they jump on from outside of the diocese. And we, I've used 206 tours a lot. Um, and so that... So i probably, of course, next year, I'm going to, I'm building a church currently when we're finishing this church. And it's pretty historic because right now Black Catholic churches are not, um, they're being downsized or closed or collaborated, Um, uh, sort of, you know, other priests, other churches are consolidating. Mm. But we're actually building a brand new church called St. Peter Claver on the corner of 4th and Jefferson, and it's going to accommodate seating for 400 and used to be barely seating 160 170 so it's just an honor uh to be able to see god's hand upon this little community and bishop former bishop or bishop emeritus ronald gainer invited me to come back to or come to the school and be the full-time chaplain and take build this new church and that was 17 years ago and since then we've um i've seen many generations you know from Lexington Catholic graduate, I've done their weddings. I've done their children's baptism. That's, mm-hmm. that to me is awesome. And then the church itself, we paid off a of parish life center for 2.4 million and that we needed because we were like meeting in the kitchen. We were meeting in the closets. We were just trying to find a place in the old tiny, tiny, tiny church beforehand. So we got the new parish life center taken care of, and now the new church. So we did it in two phases and it's like 3.67 million. We have like, we've only have like maybe 400,000 left. To pay off. wow! Um, And and so God is, God is showing me amazing things when you just try to stay faithful to him. And you, I've increased my daily masses, increased opportunity for worship, for adoration. uh, And I just think that, you know, he can do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's his battles, but we're willing to fight with fight and allow him to use us as his warriors. And I think a lot of times, We just close down, and it's sad when the church forgets the immense love that we're part of and the immense um, fatherhood that God wants us to share uh, under. And and the mantle of Mother Mary, Blessed Mother Mary, she wants us to always draw closer to her son. And I think sometimes we forget the amount of treasures of, and, and definitely not the physical treasures, but the spiritual profundity, the spiritual inheritance, that even Saint, you know, Ephesians writes us that you have every spiritual blessing under the heavens. And I think we we sometimes limit God, who is limitless or unlimited, because of our own human experiences. We've been fractured and fragmented, and we have forgotten that we're actually made whole in Christ and that he is real. He's still living. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And so if anything, I just want to encourage listeners out there that, hey, we're almost there. Obviously not yet, but are you willing to be, are you willing to take your imperfection and be perfected? Are you willing to let God be the potter and you be the clay this time? Are you willing to let uh, Jesus be the savior and you not be the savior? Are you willing to let God create you and not you be the creator.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What a privilege and, uh, what an adventure that you are inviting us to. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, th- thank you so much, uh, father for, for telling us about what you saw in Asbury and for your work reviving, um, the, not only the Eucharist, but just, uh, your congregation and your, uh, students and for building God's church, uh, so it's the same St. Peter Claver. Um, it's just now just a larger, a larger structure.
0: Exactly. Yeah. The original was 1901. It was just a upstairs um, chapel of a convent, and then in 1948 we were blessed to have a new church. Um, Real shotgun looking church. <laughs> and, and then it was flooding and sewage water would come up, and we had to call sanitation every time it rained. And then it started cracking. The whole rectory was yeah. the back wall was cracked in half. And it, so the bishop at that time was like, You've got to come back and do this. And yeah. I'm like, Okay, cool. Whatever. You know, I, I need God yeah. <laughs> to help me. So, but yeah, it's, and now, we're, you know, we're, looking at dedication with Bishop John Stowe on um, April 16th, Sunday, on Divine Mercy Sunday at 10 o'clock. So pray, pray, pray for us. You probably could watch it via live stream on SPCLEX um, on SPCLEX on Facebook.
1: Perfect. Well, I'll, I'll put that put the link. And it's a bit like St. Francis. Uh, when you build the building, you when you build the church, you're building the building and you're building the, the body of Christ, the community.
0: Yeah. And you never, I mean, no one goes into the priesthood saying, I can't wait to go to church. Are you crazy? <laughs> I mean, there's so many headaches involved in, and, and I've seen how God, and I'm an artist. So that God has blessed me to have um, sort of helping the, to share the designs and different things like that. And it's a, it's a blast, but there's still lots and lots and lots of headaches. And so it really is a privilege that I didn't expect. Uh, but like I said, if, if the Lord says to do it, He'll go, He's going to equip you. If he calls you to it, he'll equip you to get through it.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, uh, Father, would you say a blessing for um, our listeners and their families and our world?
0: Absolutely, Chris. And again, blessings on um, your continuation of getting good news out there. Uh, who is good? God is good. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we always say God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Amen. But let's bow our heads in prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Take a deep breath of the Holy Spirit, breath of God, Ruah in Hebrew, breath. Good and gracious God, thank you so much for this beautiful program that gets listeners engaged and aware of great topics and great realities uh, that your spirit is calling us to be attentive to, but also uh, re-engage in our faith and not let it be uh, stagnant. Father God, we just ask you to breathe your Holy Spirit upon these program, the listeners' Let them feel your warmth, Lord God. Let them feel your love. Let them feel that they can trust in you. Let them feel that they can praise you. Let them feel that they can pray with their families. Let them pray that. Let them feel that they can pray for the church's healing. Let them pray that their prayers are not in vain, and that uh, you hear them all, Father God. And that, Lord, if there's a listener that's broken or feeling ashamed or feeling, uh, um, feeling weak or feeling like they, there's something missing in their life, Lord. I just ask you to touch them right now and mm-hmm. grant them some, a spirit of renewal, a spirit of, of healing and, and over their bodies Father God, just cast out any darkness that have come with depression or feeling um, rejected. Lord, we just speak against that lie. And we ask you Jesus to flood them with your light and let them be able to uh, be in your presence um, again. And we just ask this plus bless- blessing in Jesus name, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: Nails,
0: spears shall pierce Him Through the cross Be born for me, for you And hail, hail the Word made Flesh, the babe,
1: the Son of Mary Chris O'Deans and Father Norman Fisher recorded this conversation, episode 48, on Monday, February 27, 2023. It was the feast day of St. Anne Lyne, who was martyred for her Catholic faith in Elizabethan England. Though she was born to a wealthy Calvinist family, she and her brother converted to Catholicism and practiced in secret. She married a Catholic and was in charge of a secret refuge for clandestine priests in London. And although priest-catchers broke in on Candlemas celebration in 1601, the priest was able to escape but Anne was caught and paid with her life. Our music comes from Josh and Margot of the Great Space Coaster Band, www.gscoasterband.com. Our logo is from a window at a monastery in Spain and comes from the website of the Dominican Friars of England, Scotland, and Wales, www.english.op.org. Next week, Jonathan Fessenden and I will be talking about two films, The Mission and A Man for All Seasons. If you have time, you should watch them. They're really beautiful movies. Until then, thank you for listening to Almost Good Catholics.
0: This, this is Christ the King whom Shepherd's God and
1: angels sing.